Morning, everyone. Rusty G, this is Children of Chaos. And I'm Tim, and I'm an alcoholic. And today we are going to be talking about Al-Anon and the recovery process. And we have several guests here with us today. We have Anna H. and Jenny S. and Julianne G. and Wayne L. Uh, as uh, Tim said earlier, this morning's discussion is going to be Al-Anon and the recovery process. By the way, I've been, uh, for my own recovery, I've been in Al-Anon for about 30 years. Uh, yeah, 30, 30 plus years. So, And to be honest with you, the reason that I got to Al-Anon was over a, a broken relationship. I had been in AA already about 10 years. What has come out for me is that AA taught me how to get sober. But Al-Anon has taught me how to have relationships. And that's been the key to it. Because after you take the drinking and the drugs out of the way, if you're an alcoholic or drug addict, you've still got that person that has never been able to communicate and get out of self enough to think of others very much. Or that's the way it was for me. Let me say that. So I'm going to ask Julianne to kind of start us out, I'd like for you to tell us about the how the experience in Al-Anon has changed your life. Okay, that's a big question, <laughs> Rusty. So uh, I will try to narrow it down a bit. Well, it changed my life because uh, before I got to Al-Anon, I was living with an alcoholic, you know, but I didn't know it for a long time. Uh, but when I discovered that, and, you know, many things took place that led me to move back to Tulsa, I, I knew I was looking for Al-Anon. I had been to one when, in Minnesota at one point, um, so I knew what it was, but I didn't really understand it. I just knew that the people that I went to the first meeting, they just seemed like they were really uh, normal people, you know, and I thought, you know, that's how I want to live. I don't want to live in a crisis every day. Um, and so I really, other than that, I didn't understand what the steps were or, you know, what sponsorship was or, or any of that. And luckily, the uh, woman who was the uh, nurse, the hospice nurse for my mom, was in Al-Anon. And in fact, she was somebody I went to high school with. So uh, she, you know, she told me where the good meetings are. And I started going, and you know, it did. It did begin to change my life. It was. It wasn't like automatically, but just to begin with, it was a more self-reflective way of life. And also, I heard stories at the meetings of other people and how they had changed their lives. So that was just the beginning of it. And of course, there's a lot more. Anna, how about you? For me, it started not so much with me looking for. Al-Anon or a, a way to change my life, it was more my behavior and my comments and uh, the topics of conversation that I had most of the time. I was married to somebody, to a child of chaos, mm -hmm. and his behavior and he, the way he reacted or acted or affected me immensely. And I remember a conversation I had with a friend saying, well, if he's happy, I am happy. Mm -hmm. If he's mad, 
oh my god i am nervous and my day depends on how he is going to be and she said girl you need alanon <laughs> and i said no but he's not an alcoholic she said you need help you need to live your life focus on yourself and not worry about what he or another person is doing that was basically my introduction to alanon i need to get to know who i am what i need what i feel and stop trying to control or manipulate or fix what another person is doing which is completely out of my control that's the main thing that changed my life okay focus on myself learn learn about anna you would ask me what does he like what does he enjoy what's his favorite this or that and I would tell you immediately, you would ask me about myself, and I would say, well, um, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. I was so focused on other people, and after I had children, focus on my children, what is important to them, what is good for them, and I couldn't really think of what was good for me. Working the program has really given me a lot of answers about where all of that came from because it's not like I chose to be that way but it gave me answers of where all that comes from from my childhood from my wiring from the culture from media from where I lived different places but it has helped me understand who Anna is so much better how can that not change your life that's great Jenny Okay, so I was a fixer, um, and I married an alcoholic who was in recovery, and unfortunately, my motives at the time, even though I couldn't really visualize them on the surface, were that he was going to fix my alcoholic loved ones, I was going to fix his two children. So, that tells you where I was. Alanon has changed all of that. The first meeting, people said this program is not for, not to fix the alcoholic, that it is for us, mm -hmm. those of us in the room. And that was huge because, like Anna, I lived for other people. So an immense load was taken off of me at that point, I feel. Although it was, it, it was a hard habit to break. And then when my alcoholic relapsed, which I was arrogant enough maybe to think that he would never do that, Al-Anon was there for me and got me through it. Thanks. Of course, I've known you and your husband for a long time, and I've seen some, I mean, wonderful changes in both your lives. We know. 2007. Uh, was when I first came in the doors of Al-Anon. I uh, had been around recovery and somewhat in recovery since 1987. And what happened with me at that time was I was in the midst of a divorce from my second wife, who I had married twice. And uh, it was, uh, I had been through this with the first wife as well. She took off and I had the kids and that seemed to be the pattern. It was the pattern for the second one as well. 
and I was just, I was, I was just nuts, you know, and I didn't really know. But I, what I did know was the people in the rooms of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, they, the ones that I respected and what I, I wanted what they had all went to Al-Anon. And I, you know, I dabbled in Al-Anon. I say dabbled. I would go to a couple of, you know, I'd go to that Saturday morning meeting mm-hmm. and I, I liked the fellowship and you could, I could get lost in there because they didn't really know me like the rooms of the AA room. So, but you know, I was just in and out, you know, have a little coffee, listen, think, yeah, okay leave 2007 is when that changed for me and I uh, I remember going to a meeting that was a blend of Al-Anon and Alcoholics Anonymous called Alcanon and uh, it was I went to that room and I don't know what I expected I just went there and there was uh, it was just interesting I don't think I had ever really listened to like I had before mm-hmm. in the meetings of Al-Anon. So that's, that was started the journey. 2007 was when I got serious about it. And a, call, a friend of mine and husband and wife were both in program and worked a very strong program. And I had, I, I'd known the husband for a long time. In fact, he was the best man in the, for the second time that I had married this woman. <laughs> so, you know, it sounds funny. It's it's not funny today, yeah. uh, as, as funny today. I mean, I, I could laugh at myself. He wasn't the last best man. I had another one since mm-hmm. then. So, uh, and that's when I started to unwind who I was. People pleaser and all the things that I had heard of and knew about myself and kind of still hit it with joking around and that type of behavior, I went in and I started, and, and Al-Anon for me, I thought, well, I, I know this, I know what it's going to be like. I've, I've done the steps, I've worked the steps, and when I got to Al-Anon, it was totally different. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find any men that were sponsoring an Al-Anon. It was the most amazing thing. I could not find a man that was sponsoring an Al-Anon. So uh, I had a temporary sponsor, and it's not recommended, but it was the lady who said, I'll help you, and anything you're uncomfortable with, talk to somebody else about. But I'll, if you get in here, you're gonna sponsor, you're gonna work with people. If you're gonna, if I'm gonna work with you, you're gonna work with others. Mm-hmm. So that was the start, and I was um, amazed at the difference. Uh, not just that we joke about it, you know, the, the incredible workbooks and these 14 billion questions you gotta answer and <laughs> to try to get down to the, the exact nature and is a is a glib alcoholic i didn't like that at all you know so but i did it and uh worked through that so that brought me in the rooms and uh it's more important to me today than ever that was 17 years ago and um as i've just in life it's it's more important than ever mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like aa why do why do people stick around uh Al-Anon for me is a, is a core essential part of who i am today mm-hmm. and where I find where I find that I can work in relationships in all areas of my life because of that. Yeah. So, so Wayne, what 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 are all these workbooks you're talking about? <laughs> that sounds like a lot a lot of work. <laughs> well, my sponsor, had, who was from out of state, had a big workbook from her what they call Granny sponsor, 
I guess it was. And that's the book that we used. And uh, I didn't know what any was. I mean, I, I did this. I'd Google this or that. I, I think they had Google in those days. I mean, you could, you had to search a little harder than you do now. But, and there was all these workbooks and, you know, and I, I didn't know really what to do. So anyway, it was like, well, you're gonna, here's what you're going to do. And the, here's the book. Just start chipping away. And it, it was approached with love and kindness because this person also knew what I was going through. So it was a workbook, and it, it just covered, broke it down, different areas of your life, and worked through it. And boy, I didn't want to do a lot of that at all. But she had a very pleasant way of going, okay, well, I would have probably done better with somebody who said, get it done, because then I could resent it. <laughs> and, you know, she wouldn't give me that tool to mm-hmm. resent her. So. Well, and you mentioned the, the Alcanon meetings, and that made me feel, or made me remember the way I felt when I attended one of those meetings, because I, I was just used to Al-Anon. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the combination, it gave me a new perspective, not only about why people do the things they are, that sometimes it's like, why would he do that? If he mm-hmm. loved me, he wouldn't, or if she loved me, or oh, if I am nice, or if I am firm, or if I am sweet, or I am, I cry and I plead, it's up to me. It made me see they are struggling and they don't want to do it, but they do it. So it gave me that perspective. And on the other hand, I related to them Mm -hmm. in a lot of things. Because I, myself, a children of kale. And you take, you give me alcohol or take alcohol, the person I am, I am just like everybody else in the meeting. Just, I mean, they stop mm-hmm. drinking and they are dealing with issues of life. I never had the allergy of the drink, but I'm dealing with issues of life. We are all the same. So those meetings for me were amazing. Mm-hmm. It was just like, we are all the same. We just do different things to numb ourselves or distract ourselves and not deal with issues. We all do, do things that are not healthy, but we don't know any better. And I think these programs help us know better. You know, I do want to say in the program, the recovery programs of AA and Al-Anon and ACOA and many others, but that we talk about a lot are those. And in my morning meeting, when we're both in person and online, we have an open meeting where it doesn't matter if you're Al-Anon or ACOA or whatever you are, you're welcome in that open meeting. And I'll tell you, it's some of the best meetings I've ever been in. The Al-Anon or the ACOA, they enrich the meeting. And it goes to a different depth because you've got all of us in there together and it just everybody learns from everyone in that meeting this is life-changing it has been for i know everyone sitting in this room how, how did it change your life rusty exactly when well it's changed that. my life as i you know when i started going to al-anon i was one of the few men very few men that started to go to al-anon in fact i remember very well going to uh, meetings and uh, I would veer off and I'd go to the Al-Anon meeting and all my buddies at that time would be going to the AA and they'd all make fun of me. 
<laughs> and and so, but as time went by, now there's as many of them that's going to both Al-Anon and AA. And so it changed my life that way. And I, I keep saying this, and, and it's said a lot. AA taught me how to stay sober, and Al-Anon taught me how to have relationships. And I wouldn't have the marriage that I have today with uh, Julianne if I hadn't have been going to Al-Anon for all those years. Because I'd been going to Al-Anon a long time when she and I met, when you and I met. So it's changed everything for me. And I still go to both, and we call them double winners. Well, I just wanted to uh, say something that came to my mind. It's amazing how Al-Anon has grown and has developed and has been uh, expanded. It used to be just women, Al-Anon, men, AA. Now you see a lot of men in Al-Anon and working a great program. You see sponsors that are men and you see women in AA and it's just very, very inclusive and super, super strong. Thank you. Guys, I want to talk a little bit about how you actually incorporate your program of Al-Anon into your marriage, if you're married, into workplace, and especially with your children. And Wayne, I think I'll have you start out. And would you do that? I will. You've got a lot of experience. <laughs> a lot of kids. You? You've got a lot of kids from them ex-wives. <laughs> I remember when I was in college, there was this little Catholic girl that I was dating. and But I wasn't going to marry a Catholic because they wanted like six kids. <laughs> so three wives later, I got six kids. Yeah. I don't think of Al-Anon in a way of what would Al-Anon do and how would I do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just has become a way of life. And and it's been progressive. My recovery is progressive in both programs. Like I mentioned earlier, as a people pleaser and th- thinking I, I had the kids, what am I going to do? Uh, I'm the one that's got the house, got the kids, got the job, got the got all this stuff. And so in time, I'm retired now. And, well, I'm 78 years old, going to be 79. And so this was uh, what happened for me was, like I said, I I don't have much relationship with the first, from the first marriage, the daughter that I adopted. She lives up in Wyoming. And uh, so, you know, she was a big part of growing up in Oklahoma and then seeing her on the streets of L.A. And what is this kid doing on the, you know, one of those things. So I married her mom, of course. Uh, of my children, in the, in the the second wife was many, many, many mental ill, much mental illness, and it showed up in a lot of ways. Uh, I didn't know much about this stuff at all, and if you haven't lived with a borderline or don't know and haven't been around stuff, and I say that not as a clinical person, just mm-hmm. of the results of the chaos in the family and the true damage to the children mm-hmm. and myself and me not recognizing that as we were going on. So anyway, I've got three children from that marriage. Uh, the third one was adopted and he's special needs and his name is Brian. And uh, Brian now lives in a group home at a program called A New Leaf. And 
is doing extremely well. And that, I, I, I bring that up because it's so important. Mm-hmm. My struggle with what to do with Brian and not starting this, all the things that I could have done started earlier. I had so much love and support and people. Brian had attended New Leaf in high school and I knew, I knew what that program was. And when I finally got focused on, I, I just got to do that. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm 78. And that was, the, that was the thing. You need to think about Brian. You need to think about not, you know, what, what does Brian really need? So anyway, he's over there now. He's doing extremely well. He's just so happy with his roommates and, and he's in a residential home. So that, what, what I was totally stressing out about a year or so ago, that's all been lifted. And that's part of what I think Al-Anon has meant to me is, you know, I get anxious, I get, I got to fix it. And you know what, when I relax and I ask for help, help is there, it's all over the place. And there are so many people in recovery that want to help. And, uh, and they don't force it on you, you ask for help, man, it's just amazing what shows up. So there's that, my daughter Sarah's doing well. She got arrested for interstate trafficking in Arizona. You don't ever want to do that. They don't expunge anything. Anyway, now, fast forward, she's coming up on six years, clean and sober. She works the NA program, not at the meetings that we think, but she's got a close, close mm-hmm. knit group of sponsees and spon- women that uh, support each other. And I, may, I'm, I get to watch her grow through that. So, And that's a hands-off thing for me. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. And financially, I backed off, even though it's a super struggle for her, I backed off and backed off and backed off, and she's figuring things out. And I have a son that was 20, he's now 27, and he's in the court system. He's not in recovery per se, but he's found a group of people that are supportive of him being clean and sober through the court system, and he's starting to really do well. He's coming up, they've had these five tiers of getting through that, and he's getting ready in March to go to the last tier. I learned more of the court system because of my children at the time, uh, adult children, than I ever, ever, ever wanted to know. And I say that in that way, but no, I have learned, and I can help others who are going through that same thing to know that there are ways through and out of this. So everyday life, it's so important. And lastly, I'll say, my last wife was in recovery and she's now i would say about the fifth or sixth year of of her alzheimer diagnosis Mm -hmm. and once again recovery people are so kind and loving and she was always that way everybody talked about how kind she was Mm -hmm. and what she would do for others in program and as, as that's left her they everybody's supportive so and this all happened through recovery specifically alan on recovery because I can back off and learn uh, how not to be resentful that I can't do what other people are doing and I've got to do. Now on a good day, I'm able to meet her where she's at and be a part of that. And that's changed me. I'm not unhappy. I really feel good about being able to do things with her, so. Thanks, Wayne. I know from being there for all those years that the support that you've had from Al-Anon and, and AA folks. I mean, mm-hmm. they've just surrounded you with love and, and caring all those years. And they have, right? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Jenny, how about you? First of all, the slogans have always helped me a lot. 
for instance, and even early in Al-Anon, I was, I was hanging on to my isms, my control issues and resentments. And I finally figured out that I thought they had to be perfect for me to be happy, mm. which meant I was unhappy. So I have learned in Al-Anon that it's my job to find happiness and serenity and do that through acceptance. I learned that in Al-Anon. It was a completely foreign word to me before Al-Anon. When I remember the word, I immediately relax. Those expectations go away. I become a more gentle person, and uh, my husband and boys know that when I relax, they are safe around me. Some of the other, well, the serenity prayer, of course, has helped me immensely. Just to know that I need to change myself, and I need to have the courage to change myself in order to be successful in my life and to be a likable mom and spouse and friend. Getting off my ladder is a big one for me. I was on that ladder for 40 years when I was working. Well, I'm better than that person, but not as good as this person. And what a waste of time and energy and a blow to the self-esteem. So I like to think that has been huge. I look at my kids and I realize they are children of God. They will make their way. I do not need to show them what I think the way is. Let go and let God. God is going to take care of them if I'll let him. (laughs) (laughs) How has it been with your husband being ill? I know that's been a pretty big thing in both your lives, of course. Well, actually, it's brought us a little closer together, to tell Mm -hmm. you the truth. He has advanced prostate cancer, and it's an aggressive form of cancer. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's in chemo right now. He has one more chemotherapy infusion in three weeks. But he will be battling this the rest of his life. It's not something that Mm -hmm. can be cured, but it can be treated. So, you know, I think most of the time I can let go of those petty little grievances, because now we are together pretty much Mm 24-7. I want to be there for him. He feels so awful that about all he can accomplish in a day is to take care of himself. And I try to help him with that in that I accept that about him. And if he does try to do something I think might be too strenuous, I asked him, to think about it, maybe he needs to sit back down until he is better. Julianne? Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me of um, when I had cancer a couple of years ago. I can imagine that Al-Anon did really help us through that Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways because, yeah, yeah, for one thing, um, I didn't really get into self-pity. And, you know, I realized I had to work with my attitude uh, if I was going to get through it. And also... The other thing was that I was able to to feel like I could ask people for help. And I think previously, I really had that attitude of, I can do this, I can do that. You know, I don't need to, you know, that's always secondary to have to ask somebody else for help. No, you know, if I can do it, get it done. Probably because I thought I could do it better. (laughs) But really, that's not true. You and my husband. Yeah, yeah, right. But I had to accept help. 
And it was uh, so great. So for me, part of the Al-Anon program is the community of Al-Anon. You know, that was a really a great support network. I mean, people would just drop off food on our front porch, mm -hmm. you know, in, in sacks. Because I couldn't cook. And, you know, Rusty, I'll have to, I have to share with them that <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> you, you can cook a couple of things. <laughs> and boiled <laughs> eggs. You're real good at that. <laughs> and so it was wonderful. People would come over and, and visit, of course. And, of course, I realized how sick I was because they were actually talking to, to Rusty the whole time. I was, like, on the couch laid out. And that's when you know you're really sick, when people are not conversing with you. You know, they're, they're all around you talking to other people. And you're just there. Once in a while, you make a comment. You know, then you go back down. It's a trip. But I think the whole program of Al-Anon really helped me with the illness because it was mine to deal with in the sense of I knew I had, it was my attitude, it was reaching out to others, things that before, when things were not going well, it was always somebody else's fault. It was the guy I was with, or it was, you know, so-and-so at work, or it was never me, because I didn't want to look at that. But with Al-Anon, I could really look at that. And so I could go much deeper during the illness in terms of self-reflection than I think I would have been able to do. And I'm so glad I got through it, and I, I want to thank you for all your help. <laughs> that was truly yeah, appreciated. Well, honey, when, when we did that, when we went through that, there's a lot to be said about caregivers. You know, my self-centeredness, that alcoholic self-centeredness, really, it raised its ugly head so much during that time, and I felt powerless. When you love somebody, you just hate to see him in so much pain. And I was doing battle with that, me having to do everything. In my mind, see, it was like, you gotta do this stuff because no, nobody else is gonna do it. And so it changes you. And I spent a lot of time in meetings, I did. So, Anna, why don't you finish this up on that? Well, in, well. Lis <laughs> <laughs> in listening to you about how alcoholic Anonymous helps you to stop the drinking, mm -hmm. and Al-Anon helps with relationships. I was thinking my relationships are amazing. I have to say, my relationship with my children, both of them adults, I am convinced that without Al-Anon, it wouldn't be the same. Mm -hmm. They probably would still love me, but from the distance, <laughs> and they would be like, Mom, please, mom, because I was a helicopter mother. Mm -hmm. I wanted the best for them, and I knew how to do it, and I would give them my advice and my opinion and all the time. And what I learned through Al-Anon is when I give unsolicited advice, they don't hear, oh, my mom is so sweet, she just wants the best for me. <laughs> they hear, criticism. Mm -hmm. They hear, you mm -hmm. don't know how to do life. You are incapable of coming up with any ideas of your own. Let me tell you how you need to do it. That's what they hear. And I was like, well, I just want to help them. Another thing is I learned, especially with my son, is to give them the dignity to make mistakes, the dignity of that choice. If they want to do something and I know, oh, 
oh, they are going to make a mistake, they are going to mess up, whatever. Give them that dignity to make their own choices. Yeah. They are my children, I love them, but they need to learn their own lessons. And the effect of those lessons that I'm going to suffer, mm -hmm. probably I would hate to see them in trouble or sad or whatever. I have tools to deal with that discomfort. See, my, my thinking was, I need to stop the problem so I don't have to deal with the discomfort. Mm -hmm. Now, through Al-Anon, I learned, let the, the discomfort come, and I have people to call, I have literature to read, I have my higher power that I go to all the time. I have tools, and then the discomfort goes away because I have tools to deal with it, but giving the freedom to the people I love in my life to make mistakes, to live their own lives. And, and as far as the relationship I had with my ex-husband, for a long time I felt he's the bad one, and I'm the good one. He, I, I was always trying to help, and oh my God, his behavior, and that way of thinking always kept me in the victim role. And like, oh, I had no control, mm -hmm. and oh, poor me, and oh, this happened to me. Through Al-Anon and through reflection on my own attitudes, my own behaviors, my own belief system, I have seen my part on the, on the, in the relationship. My lack of communication skills, my tendency to just not rock the boat, even mm -hmm. if it meant they don't get to know who I am but not avoid problems at all costs. My ego, oh, I'm not going to bother about this. I'm not going to say if he doesn't do it by his, on his own, I'm not going to ask for it. Yeah. A lot of the attitudes that I had were very questionable too. So honestly, right now I can see, okay, he had some problems, I had some problems. And the relationship didn't work because of both of us, not just because of one person. So relationships and Al-Anon, oh my God, a good, good league there. <laughs> Did you, Juliette, have anything that you wanted to add to that? Well, I, you know, I think like one thing I've learned in Al-Anon was that I was a people pleaser. I could see how I would do that all the mm -hmm. time, wherever I was, uh, in any situation. And it helped me learn how to set boundaries. So that kind of helped break that tendency because the boundaries were really for my own safety, you know, emotional safety, that I could set a boundary. Well, I'm not going to go do this or be with this person or I'm, I'm only going to be with this person this far. And before, I never thought of that. I never, I never thought I had the right to do that. I just thought I had to be a nice person and try to be pleasing or, you know, help them with whatever it is, whether they wanted the help or not. You know, I had some great ideas. So, you know, it's been, it's been a good journey. This has been a production of childrenofchaos.net, and we invite you to share your thoughts with us via email to comments at childrenofchaos.net. Children of Chaos is a forum to discuss topics related to and in concert with addiction and recovery in America, is not affiliated with, endorsed, or financed by any recovery or treatment program, organization, or institution. Any views, thoughts, or opinions expressed by an individual in this venue 
are solely that of the individual and do not reflect the views, policies, or position of any specific recovery-based entity or organization.